the African philosophy is something that's kind of missing, I think, a lot from the discourse. I wanted to kind of highlight it, just like the importance of us going back to um, Africa. Just because you're a hypocrite doesn't, doesn't mean you're wrong. No, yeah. not, not just that it doesn't mean you're wrong, it doesn't remove the validity of the question. Mm. I think it's the issue of picking on Africa. We need to create a generation where there's so many young, bright leaders. Welcome to Afrolog Podcast, a platform for informed debate and discussion on African and the wider black community issues. Hello and welcome to another episode of Afrolog. We're your hosts. My name is Oying. Guys, introduce yourselves. Hey, it's Katana. Danny. And Rashid. Yeah, awesome. So we're here again with another quarantine Afrolog special. Um, and today we've got pretty relevant interesting topics relating to the times that we're currently living in how is quarantine treating you guys let's actually start off with that what's how 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 have you felt throughout this season i've been going about my business really oh (laughs) making money making moves not even that just going about my business like i I rate it i rate it yeah just gotta live your life does your business include social distancing, though? Right. That's a question. Because <laughs> I'm seeing, I'm seeing, you know, so much earlier. I'm seeing questionable things. People are going about the business, getting trims and getting their hair done. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so- I've I've been seeing people enjoying themselves in the park, um, playing volleyball. You know. Uh-oh. Oh gosh. Yeah, the park is the park is that summer holiday. Oh my god, let me tell you the wildest thing I saw. Um, someone was just like, Yeah, we're doing social dis- distancing right, and they were doing volleyball across each other's, like, you know, the fences. Mm. So different houses are throwing the ball around, and I'm just like, If one of the houses has it and touched the ball, you're exactly. all done. For. It just you might as well have just <laughs> invited them all around. <laughs> wow, you, anybody else? Um, I've been good. I've just been chilling. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, no, I mean, no, I'm halfway okay. through. Um, I've just been chilling, trying to enjoy it as much as possible, trying to be as productive as possible, but not letting the um, feeling that I have to be productive kind of make me feel down or whatever. But yeah, it's been good. That's literally what I was about to say. I was like, I'm halfway, like, I'm halfway between either picking up a new skill and trying to be productive or just taking the time to just, just catch up on sleep and just, you know self-love <laughs> self-love is important yeah self-love is important I, I think personally personally um i've kind of like i've been working so there's been some work to do but at the same time i feel like i've become like an amateur sound engineer because i just started another podcast <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> i feel like i've just been head down doing all stuff with that which is good but i also feel Mm. guilty in the sense that like i should probably be building myself up in things regarding my career but honestly right now i can't i just yeah because initially i was like nah i'm not being productive but i'm like fam i've become like a sound engineer overnight that's that's a skill that's a skill (laughs) take it get it get it you can get it Huh? I think Dami was saying something. 
I was going to ask if you could tell us about um, that podcast. Oh, yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah, so my new podcast is called Once Upon a Date, and I'm hosting it with two other ladies called Aisha and Lara. And essentially, the whole point of that podcast is that I like to say I'm a multifaceted queen. On the one hand, I like to talk about, you know, political Africa issues, all that jazz. And the other hand, like, I like to talk about man, you know, sometimes. I <laughs> like to balance it out. <laughs> I like that. So, like, the podcast essentially is just talking about people's different dating experiences, like first dates and, like, crazy dating stories. And we have received some crazy ones. So, and we're going live on Friday the 24th. So by the time this podcast is out for Afrolog, that, that one would have already been live. So you guys check it out. We're currently on Spotify and Anchor FM. So that's Once Upon a Date. So I'm just going to Love it, up. love it. And then we'll get into Afrolog. So I'm putting on my uh, nerd hat on right now. <laughs> so what are the topics? that has gotten our group chats going you know is the disproportionate amount of ethnic minority deaths within the nhs and one of the questions that was raised is that is this a reflection of britain's institutionalized racism and before we start debating it's worth throwing out some facts right so ethnic minorities within the nhs make up 21 percent of the nhs but have made up 72% of deaths. So within the NHS, you have 21% of ethnic minority workers. But out of those, two, but in terms of the number of deaths of um, within the NHS, like NHS workers, ethnic minorities come up to 70%, 72% of those deaths. And I think that's that's a figure that needs to really that we really need yeah. to like look at you know mm-hmm. this is a, reflection, a reflection of britain's institutional institutionalized racism or what is the what is the explanation for that i guess one thing that we can look at is um if we look at the um breakdown of uh ethnic man, ethnic minority within each role so for example um patient facing roles it might be that there are more ethnic minorities patient facing yeah on the front lines yeah that may have an impact on it because i know a lot of i don't think it's a majority but i know a lot of um black women for example that work within nhs are either doctors nurses uh, dentists and stuff like that that are patient facing and when it comes to the more like finance corporate behind the scenes it's a lot less black women within or nhs x for example i mean nhs digital for example um but yeah and I think something needs to be said in terms of like means, because even when we look at PPE, there's a lot of black women are either nurses or care workers, and they're on the front line. And if we're telling them to, like I've seen Matt Hancock say, you know, it needs to be used wisely, it needs to be reworn. Um, some home, like some care homes, aren't even getting enough masks or gloves especially in poorer areas where we do make up the numbers as well so it's just like if you're looking at the amount of protection that they're being given the type of roles that they're doing the numbers although shocking like it does show it does say a lot for how things are at the moment to be honest yeah does anybody know whether those um numbers reflect the agency workers who are working in the nhs 
or whether yeah, that's they a are. good that's a good question actually especially yeah. with care homes are they even recording that exactly because i don't know actually because i got those figures from the bbc and the bbc did mention that um the figures don't take into account a lot of things and the fact that there's no recent census um to really show you know the the actual breakdown of things this is based on um census numbers from like a few years ago um mm. as well as you know recent data to show the breakdown of agency workers against nhs corporate staff i don't know i don't know the um yeah lots of lots of care homes are are private anyway mm. so they probably won't be included in those numbers but in any case it's it's obviously not a good position to be in and i think we all probably know somebody who who works as um as a member of staff in the nhs so there's also been some problem regarding the the protective equipment that has been given mm -hmm. to them yeah and i think that it's a big uh it's a big red cross against the government who haven't been able to organize themselves mm. uh, to That's get cool. everybody the equipment that they need there was the article that came out i think it was the sunday times and unfortunately i couldn't read the whole thing but the headline was basically that boris johnson had time i think in january or february to go for cobra meetings and prepare a strategy in place for how britain could better uh, deal with the covid19 um epidemic or pandemic whatever you call it um and he never showed up for it so he really didn't take it seriously um from the jump and so now this is costing the lives of you know some of the most impoverished within the within the country as well as some of the most marginalized within the country because not not all ethnic minorities are impoverished but they are definitely marginalized because of the color of yeah. their skin many of times um and it's just a shame which is one of the reasons why i did not feel sorry for bojo when it was confirmed that he had the virus. I was happy for whatever to happen to him to happen to him. Um, because his mistakes have put so many people at risk. And now he is benefiting from an NHS that he hasn't, you know, invested in, or at least, yeah. um, you know. Yeah, yeah sorry, so someone go For on. me, it's, it's just the fact that, like, he's still being seen as a strong figure. Like, I've seen certain articles and certain tweets um where people are still looking at him as a strong leader like he's been mia throughout all of this yeah. is there a clear strategy they've backtracked on so many different things they're saying scientists have told them this but scientists have stated that they haven't said that and still throughout all of this he's still seen as a strong leader exactly. i'm pretty sure afterwards the same rhetoric will continue which is crazy yeah. i mean the one thing i do like is that the new labor leader he is i can't remember his name for the life of me Starmer. He yeah Starmer. he's hitting hard i think at the current yeah i think so because at least i think he as an opposition i don't think he's been strong enough okay i think i don't know if the media like him or whatnot but some of the questions like i just there's not that vim that Corbyn had, I think. And if you're in opposition, like act as an opposition properly, especially in a pandemic, come on. Mm. That's my own opinion. Anyway. So, so has anyone heard this the suggestion that that um, ethnic minority staff are finding mm -hmm. it harder than other staff to access the protective equipment that's necessary? Because that would be the 
the key the key mm. issue here i don't know um, i haven't heard that i haven't heard that but i would say from personal experience um people close to me who work in agencies or just within the nhs as a whole uh, i've had situations where people have had to walk out on shifts because they're like i have an underlying con- um uh, I have an underlying issue. If you want me to work with COVID-19 patients, that's fine, but you're going to give me the appropriate uh, protective But why are they even being made to work? And apparently senior nurses have been very dismissive um, of of that, of people who have put their foot down about, um, you know, not working without the PPE, especially Mm. for those who have underlying conditions. But then again... And pregnant ladies as well. Yes, there's oh, yeah. at least two pregnant nurses who have died that I've seen from the news, which is so tragic, and they're both black African descent. It actually scares me so much. I don't know why they would put nurses at the, I mean, at, um, pregnant women at the front line. It just seems. I think they were saying something along the lines of how I think if they're on the, in their third trimester, mm. they they um, have to stay at home. But I think if they're not, then they don't. That that just seems really negligent still. Pregnant women are susceptible to so many things because of their Mm -hmm. condition. Their immunity is obviously... Exactly. Their immunity is significantly compromised. I think it's... I feel like there's going to be a lot of negligence cases to come out of this. Yeah, Yeah, because some of the things I'm seeing are very worrying. Yeah. And it's not it's not gonna just be against the NHS. People have to take the government to court. Um, also quick question. The whole like for example, a lot of us I can't speak for every black person, but a lot of us come from homes where um there's a lot of us in the house, so we've got siblings. Mm. This whole idea of nurses and doctors going out there and then coming home. And like, you know, advising them to try and self-isolate. But if you're in a house full of a lot of people, how is that possible? I don't know. That's something that a lot of the, the media has highlighted, particularly within um, immigrant families and ethnic minority families. Um, they tend to have a lot more people in the house than your average white family. Mm. And that's probably increased the spread. It's increased the spread of of COVID nineteen within ethnic minority um, groups. Yeah, so I was reading the BBC, and apparently, um, I don't know if it's black or um, Bain, but we make up like a third of all the patients. And for us, that we're not even there's not a lot of us here in England. Although you know they try and make it out like we're taking over the place, they're not, there's not a lot of us here. And then for us to make up a third of the patients is a yeah. bit wild to me. I was reading something about um, what was it? Someone saying something along the lines of um, vitamin D, trying to use vitamin D as the reason as to why we have a lot of black people apparently have vitamin D deficiency either due to the thick, the melanin in our skin. So therefore, it has. An, I don't know. I don't. It doesn't really? make sense to me how vitamin D, because of vitamin D. I think it's more to do with like our immune system, but I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me how yeah. how that would work. The thing is, the lack of vitamin D makes us susceptible to a lot of diseases. That is true, and that's that that is unavoidable because of the climate that we live in. It's just it doesn't. Mm. We don't have enough sun here, point blank. Mm. Um, and so as a result, black people are more susceptible to a lot of diseases that you think you wouldn't even realize basically, um, like such as diabetes and, and some other stuff. Um, 
but I don't know how that relates to COVID nineteen. Yeah. I have not seen it. I'm thinking obviously if if we're saying that um a significant amount of significant percentage of the NHS staff are from BAME backgrounds, other than the colour of our skin, I don't understand what the difference would be. Maybe other illnesses like diabetes. We do have a lot of okay, diabetes. Yeah, like underlying is that issues. A, yeah, like the fact hypertension, that all sorts. Um, and I guess looking into like how those could potentially make one more susceptible. Yeah, because weak immune systems. I can't imagine, and this might be my ignorance. I can't imagine being at work and they're telling me Sally's going to get gloves, but you're not. Like I don't, I don't see that being the case on the front line. But I do think in terms of areas, though, like if it's an area where there's a lot of BAME workers and it's a poor, impoverished okay. area, yeah. I think the hospitals in Kensington aren't probably going to get the same as like some random fair. hospital, yeah. rundown hospital. Yeah, fair enough. I get that. J- just another. But I don't know. I haven't been to a hospital in Kensington, but I'm assuming that might be the reason. And has everyone also noticed the irony of? of uh, the government having to extend visas for kind of staff for nhs staff from different countries oh really especially after pretty patel said you know the low skilled workers and are now coming to do that this this government is always showing yeah. their baseline yeah. yeah i mean oh, I, it's, I, it's just it's just really ironic so ironic that has come out of this is how much praise how much praise has one second? My nephew is wilding out. One second. Danny, do you want to go on that more? Yeah, Yeah, I'm just, you know, I, I think it's quite upsetting actually. Um, as you said, uh, they were categorized as low skilled people. Mm. And um, very shortly after, we found out uh, how, valuable, how valuable they were. Mm-hmm. And and now they said they're going to extend visas by a year. Mm-hmm. So presumably a year after that period ends, you know, they're going they're to be told that they can't be in this country. Yeah. Anymore. I think that is just, <laughs> it will be a joke. It will actually be a joke because I remember one of the funniest things that has come out of this season is Piers Morgan. I don't know if you guys saw his um, TV show. I don't even know what it's called. Um, but he was talking about how yeah, good morning. Oh. I think he's called Good Morning, and he was talking about how his help at home is Filipino or Filipina. Sorry, I don't know which is the right. Oh, and I was reading the list of names, and it was reading the list of names of all the you know ethnic minority friends that this person has that work in the NHS and saying, oh, they're so valuable, blah blah blah. But I promise you, in a different climate, uh, Piers Morgan would be saying the complete opposite of that I was one thing thing I do rate Piers though like I don't like the guy I tell you this now I cannot stand the guy but the fact that he's been going in on government officials like people like Laura Kay haven't been able to do what he's done in this crisis is very telling I don't even know who Laura Kay is Oh, uh, she's uh, she's so blue that I'm surprised she hasn't been to hospital yet. Like she's like <laughs> I don't care. She's so right wing. Can you not at least pretend for five minutes to be a fair journalist? But it's actually Pierce that has actually been hitting the hard questions, which is surprising. And I still don't like the guy, but something needs to be said of that. Mm. 
Yeah, I want I want to applaud a fish for swimming. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> another no, thing on the head. Another figure to just churn out there is the fact that Black and African Caribbean people make three percent of the UK population, but have but um, the number of deaths, uh, the percentage of deaths within the Black African and Caribbean uh, communities is at six percent. So we're dying at double rates than the number of people that actually live here. If that makes sense. Mm. So of all the people that have died, six yeah. percent of them are. Okay. Yeah. And the thing is, what's annoying is when you try and discuss health issues and you bring up like vain figures that like you just have, or you, they'll say you're race baiting. But clearly, <laughs> like there are issues here. There are issues. Yeah. And it doesn't even, it's not even fair to race bait at all because at the end of the day, I didn't manufacture these figures. These figures were published by the BBC. So clearly, exactly. the BBC also sees that there's a racial issue here. And when it comes what? to the issue of that, I think it was Bethana that mentioned that a lot of ethnic minority people live um, within um, homes yeah, where there's like so many people in the house, right? Mm-hmm. How do you avoid Oh, yeah, bigger households, yeah. Exactly. How do you avoid it spreading within the same group of people? Because people can't afford to move out of their homes and live um, separately. In a summer house. Exactly, you know? Yeah, no, I get that. I think one one thing that will be interesting is um, the figures for other races. So obviously we know that it's um, double for um, BAME or Black people. I'm not sure what the the actual... um, Termination was um definition was, but what is it like for um white people? Um, to be fair, the number of patients who have died that are white is at eighty one percent, and um white people are eighty five percent of the population. Okay, so not double. No, but it's yeah. not double, but it's pretty close to the. Yeah. Like, uh, there's obviously more white people who are going to die because there's more. Of course, people. yeah. But yeah. it's, it's just that within our communities, the fact that we're such a small proportion of the population, yet we're dying at a higher rate within that population. Yeah. What are you guys' thoughts about phasing out the lockdown? <laughs> Why the silence? <laughs> no, I'm trying to understand the question like easing it off like for example start opening stuff up more what now slowly and surely yeah what now <laughs> yeah i saw someone tweet about it. they're just like they're gonna start opening up like slowly and surely certain businesses mm. i think they just need to chill me personally i know I, obviously i don't i can't speak to the economics of it all but i feel like yeah. if you just hold on hold on <laughs> hold your breath for long enough close enough to you almost pass out and then you can breathe forever. Rather than... Wait, I rate that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, actually. I don't think it's feasible to continue this thing for so long. I don't know. I just, I just don't think it is because I think one way or another, there's going to be another wave of this thing. And uh, just because, first of all, the UK is actually densely populated. We're a small island mm. with over 60 million people. So we're quite closely, we're, we're densely populated. And so there's no way 
um, that there will not be a second wave. The real issue is the capacity of, sorry? She's hitting you with the facts, man. I'm I rate trying, it. I'm <laughs> trying to be realistic, especially within London. Like, yeah. uh, the real issue here is the um, capacity of our healthcare system to be able to deal with it. And mm. that's the government's job. The government actually needs to be investing significantly in the NHS. I mean, one good thing is they started rolling out up to 100,000 tests a day. I think I saw the alert on the BBC today. Oh, um, yeah, you can go on the GovUK website if you're a carer. Or, exactly. And all your care, yeah. anyone who's working on the front line, you and your whole family can get tested now. Yeah. So we scaled up from 18,000 tests a day to 100,000 tests a day, I think it is. If 100,000 tests is not started today, then it's coming in the near, in the near, very, very near future. I think they set up a lab in, in Scotland for them to help them to, to do that. So anyway, the point is the lockdown cannot continue for too long it's just personally i have i have vested interest in the lockdown not continue for too long but, <laughs> <laughs> but i'm not gonna lie to I, you I, yeah. I i'm gonna be honest i'm gonna let you lot go out there and mm. then you lot report back if it's safe or not me i'm here in my room <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna out now honestly um i, I think I'm with Oyen as well in regards, to, in regards to having an investor interest, but at the same time, I guess I read something where they were saying that basically us, like the lockdown is basically to delay, to allow the NHS to be able to have the capacity to yeah, exactly. care for those. So if that's the case, then we're just going to hold on, hold on, then I guess that, it makes that's sense. That's what too. it is. I'm happy to wait until the, they, they can equip the NHS enough, but life needs to continue, whether we yeah. like I'm not going to lie, I'm waiting for a vaccine. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I know it's You're waiting for a vaccine? Yeah, but have you guys seen what's going on in America? No. I think what about some area? Some states are getting some. They're protesting the lockdown. Yeah, Virginia. I think. I think they are clapping for the NHS again because I can hear clapping outside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What does this actually do? Why aren't you? No, sorry, but what does this actually do? My area is loud. It is so I, annoying. This, you know, yeah, I only realised, yeah, well, I realised before, but I only realised how non-black Peckham has become since we started clapping. It <laughs> is, is loud. So is, I told you, Peckham's not white artist. Honestly. But yeah, that's, even that in itself, like, I think that's a bit, I think it's almost like a slap in the face. The first time, whatever, but come on. One thing it's I'm enough. saying is the British love empty gestures. Um, yeah. yeah. Improve uh, improve the NHS's capacity, pay NHS workers a lot more than they're getting paid. That is what I give two hoots about. I do not, I, my, my mom works in the NHS. She doesn't need my claps. She needs money yeah. and PPE. Yeah, 100%. That's 100%. it. That is literally it. 100%. is not putting food on anybody's table. And, and even on us, and of course, of course. Sorry, I was going to say they should even roll it out, roll it out to us non-patient facing as well because we need more money as well. That is a behind the scenes. People behind the Trust scenes as me, well. Behind the scenes. When you're asking for how many 
how many patients have COVID that are from a particular hospital call? Anyway, <laughs> anyway. anyway yeah. moving on, our next topic, and I think I'll let Dami, because um, I feel like we've not heard from Dami much today, um, regarding Afro-nation. Do you want to take that Ooh. away? Okay, well, I found this very funny, actually. Um, essentially, lots of our friends, people we know and people we don't know, uh, expressed some angry comments about Afro Nation and, in particular, the front man. Um, I don't know his name. I know his, uh, his his internet name, which is Ismaid. Yeah, um, and. Um, yeah, essentially, lots of people have been unhappy about the way that the company Afro Nation has treated its customers, given that they've had to uh, cancel and postpone um, some of their scheduled, scheduled events. Um, so I've actually heard different things from different people about this. I've heard that they're refusing to offer any refunds whatsoever. And I've also heard that uh, they're, they're, they keep kind of pushing people's tickets forward. Um, without their consent. So they're offering people tickets for future events instead of offering them refunds. Um, oh, wow. So like, this, is, this has kind of come to be known as the, the fall of a classic um, <laughs> black brand, um, which was Did once- Eric? Oh, sorry. Oh, like Eric. <laughs> no, classic, like a classic black oh, okay. brand, which was only last year lauded um, we even lauded on this podcast for holding yeah. a successful event in Portugal. Mm. Um, has now quickly become uh, a, a group of pariahs out to steal everybody's money. Um, I, I don't I know about that. That's a I bit... don't know about that as In well. Yeah. I think... Well, I just... Sorry, Tina, go on. No, no, go. No, no, you go. <laughs> that was too polite. Okay. I personally, yeah... I have a lot to say about this because a people need to like when they're tweeting, they need to tweet properly and say what really went down. So for me personally, they sent me an email. They said, "Would you like for us to keep this?" Because obviously, tickets. I got the um, first release, so my VIP ticket costs like the same as basically like a normal ticket when you get it later on right and so they understand it's hard to get that so they said would you like to extend this to a future afro nation event or do you want your refund back so i um put i would like my refund back and then really and truly five working days later the refund was in my account mm. so it's they're giving you an option um, no this is for P puerto rico okay and they didn't do that until the actual day of the event. So I think with them, like, whatever it is okay. that is covered, it's yeah. only once the event... Do you know what I mean? Because even with yeah. our... Yeah, because with our British Airways ticket, the bank yeah. said, we can't really claim anything until the date of the thing. Like, you called okay. way too early. So okay. I get that. And also, like, everyone's going in on Smaid and that. And I don't know, maybe yeah. because it's a black brand, so I'm just... Where's the vim for British Airways and all these other, like, I think so that, many I mean, there's, there's vim for Ryanair, though. There's a lot of vim for Ryanair. There's vim for Ryanair. Like, there's vim for... Hold on, what have Ryanair done? Ryanair is shit anyway. In a normal situation, let alone a pandemic. Yeah, but there's a lot. There's, like, a hashtag and stuff. I think even on which kind of um, chimed in on it. Um, I think they people would ask for refunds, and then they'll, I think they'll send them an email. You have to send it whether you wanted a voucher or um, money. 
people said they wanted money, this is according to Twitter, by the way, people said they wanted money and then they received a voucher. Then they got told that if you want money instead, you should, um, I think, contact them. But they, they didn't provide them with contact details of how they can contact them to get the money instead. That makes sense. So there's a lot of like... I know, mean, I've got, I've got a flight booked to Ryanair for the end of May. I'm supposed to be going to Luxembourg. They sent me an email saying that I can travel another time. I'm like, I'm going to wait until the day of my flight before I do anything. And just so that I, because I think that's the best thing to do. Wait until the day of your flight before claiming, because if they cancel that flight, the onus is on them rather than on you. Um, so Hello? that's probably the yeah. best thing to do. And I do think there's a lot of vim for like British Airways and, and other places. The only difference with Afro Nation is that it's within our community. I think that's why we're hearing a lot more about people's frustrations. Yeah. Um, have you guys seen about the girls unionizing? Oh God! Over oh yeah, I heard about that. Oh <laughs> my day! Some guy. Okay, let me let me shout out one of the guys that I follow yeah, because he goes. <laughs> Basically, the girls that have been sleeping with made on the side. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Okay, allegedly. Sorry, yeah. I don't want anyone to come for Acrylog. Um, Bruh, he's married, no? That's the thing. They're like, listen, if you don't give us our refund, we're going to your wife. We're going to unionize and go to your wife. And then some guy on on Twitter was just like, how are you sleeping with someone and not getting free entry anyway? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of true, though. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Why are we weak? I, I think that Smade is being scapegoated, to be honest, because... Yeah, isn't it Rock Nation, anyway? Not Rock Nation. I think it's Live Nation. Live Nation. Oh, whatever. It's not Rock is. Nation. <laughs> nation is Jay-Z. It's not Jigger. It's not Jay-Z. Um, I, I also think that um, Afro Nation, we have to think about the fact that they're a business, they're not a charity. They've paid artists, they've paid for venues, they've paid for a lot of right. things, which is what these tickets funds essentially paid for. Mm. And for them to do refunds, nobody's saying they shouldn't do refunds. I think is, I don't know what their setup is like. They should have gotten insurance on everything that they've paid for so far so that they can claim mm. back possibly. And if that's the case that they've not done that, then that was very foolish of them. But you know, obviously insurance is, is, is levels, of, levels to this insurance. You might have insurance that doesn't cover COVID-19 I think it's being classified yeah I think it's being classified yeah. as a what act of God or something so the insurance may not cover it but I do feel like this is going to sound proper you know, but there are there's, there's, there's relief for businesses that the UK government has provided fair enough fair enough I do, I do I do feel like there should be a bit of like I don't know I know it's not like you don't have to but if we're trying to see something grow, because Afro Nation has been through a lot, if we're to be, in, to be honest, like the issue that they had around um, the beach in Ghana, when they went to host the one in Ghana, obviously the one Puerto Rico has been cancelled and the one in um, Portugal is looking like it's going to be cancelled as well. So they've gone through a lot. They've only actually really put on one, two events that are actually proper. They put on two. The second Afro Nation in Ghana, I'm sorry, I think time, enough time has passed now to say that it was absolute shite. I mean, that's why I said one, maybe two. I... The Afro Nation in Ghana was no good. What? It was what? shite. It was shite. One of the things that I'm grateful for is that I didn't pay full price. I didn't pay. So I paid oh, on the Ghanaian website um, rather than the UK website. By the way, they were, they were freaking mugging you guys off because for the three days, um, if, you, if you got it on the Ghanaian website, it was like 60 quid. Oh, gosh. Uh, and you, oh. UK, UK people were paying what a hundred and something, 
and then you have yeah, VIPs. Wow. Well, <laughs> I just thank God because when I decided not to go for the first and the last day, I'm like, you know what? I paid 60 quid for two days. Technically, that makes sense for like a regular ass festival. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I'm ready to suck up that cost because the the bringing out of artists was like the wait between artists was like an hour an hour and a half on the night that whiskey was supposed to perform this guy didn't show up until like 4 a.m i left because i was like you know what i've seen whiskey way too many times for me to be on this beach my feet are burning i'm tired um it, it was just so badly organized people who were supposed to be in vip didn't get into vip until the next until the second day of oh, wow. the event and VIP was literally like a demarcation between regular and VIP. I thank God almighty that I never paid for VIP. And there was literally no difference. We were all on the same level. Did all you go to the first one? No, I didn't go to Portugal. Hey, Portugal was lit. Portugal, yeah, that was like any, any other Afro nation, I don't really consider Afro nation. It's not Portugal. I think you got that missed out. It was just my so point I was going to make was you, were stingy, point, you were stingy with your content, by the way. Some of us were relying on you. <laughs> I was too busy living life, you get me? But anyway, um, the point <laughs> I was going to make is in regards to us as black people generally seeing this business try to grow, providing us with what mm. it seems like we want, how kind of lenient should we, or how sort of, um, yeah, lenient, I guess, should we be on them in regards to allowing them to make they adjustments? Have, they haven't cancelled yet, have they? They haven't, but even I, in regards to I think to, like, they have to wait till closer to the time. Yeah. I'm giving you a ticket for next year. Even in regards to giving next year, like you, pay, you spent the money anyway. You wanted to go anyway. It's not happening. Like I don't really think it's that big a deal. So you just wait till next year. Money's gone I, already. To be honest, I will give them another chance with Puerto Rico after COVID is over. I'll be honest because they refunded me my money. Can't it doesn't so like, make sense to go to Puerto Rico, babe. They're going through apart from the fact that you know COVID nineteen. They're going through a political uh issue. They're going through political issues. They're also going mm. through um earthquakes and earth tremors. The fact no, that the earthquake was on the other side of um. The, the, I, I don't know, man. You see people it's justifying. No, no, but I'm saying so because this is the thing, yeah. People like if something happened on one side of Milton Keynes, the other side is still like happening. I don't know, like Milton Milton Keynes is too small to use that. As oh, you know what I mean. I mean, if something is going on one side of Puerto Rico. And then the other side is hosting a festival. Like, I don't understand why you're going to lock off the whole country. Because it's a, it's an island. Islands move. That's what they do. So if it's affecting one side, there's nothing to guarantee that it will not affect the other side. Anyway, me, I like that. I personally okay. Okay. will okay. still want to see Puerto Rico <laughs> one day. Why do you want to go to Puerto Rico instead of... Uh, this is a different conversation. Instead of Portugal, though. I'm going to be honest with you, yeah. When I went to Portugal ages ago without a festival we paid like literally not even half of what you lot were paying for a nice expensive hotel the same location like, that afrolog is is using in puerto rico i was there for my 22nd birthday it wasn't a festival but in total i paid like 300 pounds including hotel and flights and i stayed in a four-star hotel and i was like there's no way i'm spending more than that to yeah. go to the same I'm location gonna spend money then it's going to be in an, an in, in an expensive place. Do you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? Well, like Miami. Place. Yeah, I just want to clarify, it, yeah? none of you guys went to the first one, right? No. No, but okay. I heard so it was I, I, understand, I understand why you're talking like this because if you experience it, experience that experience, I beg, I will pay. 
So so what? So we're not gonna give cool. we're not going to, to give them a bit of space to make some mistakes as Rashid is saying. Not with people's money. No, I'm I'm giving them the benefit <laughs> of the doubt because no one's cancelling British Airways and they're rubbish. So I'll give Afro Nation the benefit benefit of the doubt. I just think yeah. we should wait till it's closer to the date and see what happens. Because Puerto Rico got cancelled and they process refunds, right? Yeah. Let's yeah. see what happens with uh, Portugal. I think people are jumping the gun. People are wanting to shame yeah. him too quickly. Let's yeah. get yeah. Close, to, close enough to Portugal when that when that was supposed to happen. If they still don't process refunds, then we can go out guns blazing, calling them shites. Quick question. Okay, you that's Afro Nation as a whole. Okay, go 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 for it. I was gonna quickly ask: Have you seen that a lot of like hairstylists, like weave ladies, aren't giving deposits back? What do you guys think about that? They're mad. I've not even heard about this. Why? Why is that? I, it's all over Twitter. I saw, so I many saw people, one. You know these, you know these big Instagram weave people that like everyone goes to, like what lace people, yeah. whatever. Yeah, they're not giving deposits back because of COVID. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that doesn't make That's any sense. We can go to a small so claim court, depending on yeah. how small the claim is. <laughs> Yeah, that's 10, 15 pounds. I don't know how. How much you get anyway? Yeah, how much? How much is the point? I went to ask though. The point I went to make quickly though. Yeah. That's fifty pounds. How much do you guys pay deposit? It depends. For what? For hair. Is it weave or wig or which one? I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm so stingy when it comes to that shit. That <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I think it really. So, but, so how much do you pay though? So I normally do leave out, which I pay. How much do I pay for that shit? Normally, like sixty, I think. What? For deposit or the whole thing? Yeah, but I get, I get no for the whole thing. I get, oh. I get um, steaming and then leave out done. Um, I don't. I mean, I tend to do my hair myself, and if I'm doing it with a stylist, they're just doing, they're just doing braids for me. And the most at the moment that I pay for braids is like sixty pounds. Yeah, but Oyen is the reason that you do it yourself because there are no good um I just Nigerian don't trust people with my, I don't trust people with my hair. The only person that I trust with my hair, she does all my hair treatments for me and it's like eighty quid for all my hair tr- treatments and it I pay a deposit which is like half of that. No, it's eighty five. So half of eighty five pounds is what my deposit normally is. Oyen, do you know Annie Drea? That- no. Oh, she's one of the YouTubers. Basically, she was saying that um, black hairstylists are underpaid. Um, and I personally think for the service that is being offered, I don't think they are. I, I would be 100% honest. It what was the argument she made? That's the argument that they're severely underpaid. Yeah, but, but why? They, they dictate their prices as well. But you also have to look at your target audience. What are, you, what are your target audience earning? If you're putting your prices up at £300, then if you get one client a, a month, that's your personal problem. Yeah, agreed. And personally, for me, it's just like, I've been to one white hairdresser once and what you were paying for, oh my God, they pulled out the red carpet. So I think if, 
um, African hairdressers want to get paid more, they need to just A, turn up on time, comb people's hair nicely, things like that. Simple. Anyway. Yeah. I, I wanted to come back to Afro-Nation quickly because there's a point mm -hmm. I wanted to make. And it's more around like, um, I was saying whatever being lenient for Afro-Nation, but I feel like the response from um, the way that Smade himself handled the situation, the way he was trying to like clap back and stuff, I okay. felt like there needs to be a conversation around um, being the face of a brand and how you, how you act or how you respond to things like that. And it's not the first time that things like that have happened within our community. Um, it goes back to a simple customer right service. Now, but, yeah. But also understanding that, yes, you are an individual, but you're also a face of brand. And, yeah. And you, you know. need to service your customers. Be nice to your customers. Shit. Is that so hard to understand? Like you can actually just slag your customers yeah. off in, in, like off of social media and on social media be like, sorry guys please guys thank you guys like i don't know why that's so hard i feel like we have an issue of pride yeah. within like african businesses nigerian uh, or or like black businesses we just have like this sense of entitled i don't even know what it is man and no empathy as well how can you be late to Actually, my hair appointment and not be a ap apologize apologetic sorry yeah but is that across the whole industry or is that just your hairdresser <laughs> I've been to so many. I literally I have tried to give black hairdressers the benefit of the doubt, and I've been to so many. And there's just there's no sympathy, there's no empathy, there's no professionalism, there's no customer yeah. service. It's basically what Smade is doing. But Let me recommend my haircut. You just you just said Smade refunded your money though. No, I'm talking in terms of what Rashid said about the whole um like clapbacking. Like that's not customer service. That's wild. Yeah. But that's black Twitter for you. <laughs> that's wild, man. Uh, that's black social media for you. Everybody got to clap back. If you don't clap back, then you've been owned. Yeah, lots of image going on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But in business, there's no space for that. God bless you. I think, yeah, that I, I agree. You think you. Tesco can come and clap back to me on Twitter? Hey. No, but it's not Tesco that, it's not Tesco. that claps back, though. It's the, uh, the CEO of Tesco, but we don't do that. That's one thing I realized, um, like the difference between Virgin and British Airways, for example. We know who the face of Virgin is. We don't know who the face of British yep. Airways is. Do you get yeah. it? So everyone will come for Virgin. Everyone will come for Richard well. Branson. Yeah, everyone will come for Richard Branson, <laughs> but, you know, we just come for British Airways as a, as a whole. As a and whole. I think there's that's something good, to kind of learn. That's a good point. I think there's yeah. something to kind of learn, like, as, I guess, people, like, sometimes you don't always have, they don't always have to be a face to yep. the brand doesn't always have yeah. to but everyone kind of wants that accolades criticism don't put yeah. your face as the as the face of the brand when you can't take criticism how many times has richard branson clapped back do you know how many things that people have said against richard branson mm. yeah anyway yeah i don't know man I just hope that, you know, Smade does better and, you know, we respect yeah. people's money a lot better. I'm just looking forward to seeing what happens. I hope people get their refunds back. Same, but same. I think that's all we had to discuss for this episode, guys. Okay. Alrighty, alrighty. So thank you for kicking it with us and we will catch you on our next episode. Please remember to share this podcast. Please, I'm on my knees share it people need to know that and follow us on twitter man and follow us on twitter afrolog pod follow us on instagram afrolog pod um 
share with your friends and family. I think a lot more people need to be, you know, informed about the things that are going on within our community uh, in Africa and within the diaspora abroad as well. So that's what we're here for. So thank you so much again. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. This is Afrolog.